name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. the strength of all who put their trust in you. Mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Sexagesima Sunday is recorded in the prophet Isaiah chapter 55. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, 
for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The epistle is recorded in the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works, as God did from his. Let us, therefore, be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature 
hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to Jesus from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? And Jesus said, To you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. This is the word of the Lord. The word of God is Sexagesimus Sunday, nearly 60 days to Easter, speaks of the power and efficacy of the Word of God, sola scriptura, the scriptures alone speak the truth and are the foundation of our faith as they proclaim Christ to us. Holy Scripture speaks of the Word of God in many ways. That's why I read all excerpts from all three readings at the outset of the sermon. And this is so because everything depends upon God's Word. By the word of God, all things were created. Let there be light, and there was light. God's word is performative speech. It gives the very things of which it speaks. Life is dependent upon God's word. Our relationship with God is dependent upon God's word. The Holy Spirit is given by God's word. No wonder Satan hates God's word. He hates God. In the garden, he accused God of being a liar in order to separate Adam and Eve from the word of God, which was the fountain and source of life. They ate of the tree and they died as they turned away from the word that gave them life. The Holy Bible is the inscripturated word of God, the written word of God. The scriptures, according to apostolic catechesis, are literally God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and therefore inerrant and infallible. St. Peter says, apostles and prophets were carried along by the Holy Spirit, so that what they wrote is the very testimony of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth who bears witness to Christ. The written word of God testifies to the Son of God and all that Jesus did for us and for the whole world in his death and resurrection in order to redeem us from sin and to restore our life with God. The Bible reveals that the Son of God is also wonderfully called the Word. The logos in Greek, 
The Apostle John says at the prologue to his gospel, we hear it every Christmas, in the beginning was the Word, a reference to the eternal Son. And the Word was with God, a reference to the Son being with God the Father. And the Word was God. All things were made through him. Apart from him, nothing was made that was made in him, in Christ, the Logos, was life, and that life was the light of men. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here, the word is a person. The word of God, Holy Scriptures, testifies to the eternal word of the Father, the second person of the Holy Trinity, the Son of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So whether we are talking about God's spoken word, God's written word, the Holy Scriptures of the Apostles and Prophets, God's word proclaims and preaches the eternal word of the Father by whom all things were created and by whom the creation is redeemed from sin. It is this word, the eternal word of the Father, the divine Son who is proclaimed to us in the gospel. In today's Old Testament, God's word is compared to water and to snow that gives life and nourishes life. If there is no water, there is no life. God's word expresses God's will creates faith, and exposes unbelief. In the case of the Old Testament, Pharaoh's unbelief was manifest when God's word hardened his heart, and we see the nature of unbelief. God's word also gives forgiveness and salvation in Jesus through the proclamation of the gospel and delivers us from eternal death, but gives condemnation to those who reject Christ. Isaiah speaks of the power and efficacy of God's word. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And in today's epistle, God's word gives rest from the problem of sin. It's a, it's a lovely passage in Hebrews chapter 4. It gives us a little bit of a window of insight into Martin Luther's explanation to the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day, the day of rest, how it links together rest from the labor and the toil of this life with the word of God that delivers Christ's rest to us. In the epistle, the word of God is described as a sharp, two-edged sword that has the surgical precision to diagnose our deepest needs and to lay open our souls and our spirits before God. Quote, it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, and there is no creature hidden from God's sight. The word of God lays us naked before God. Apart from his word, the law and the gospel, we cannot know God. 
nor can we come to faith in Jesus or learn to love him with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. The word of God. It's pretty important, don't you think? Everything depends upon God's word. Our life with God. Our salvation. Nothing matters more than God's word. And there are so many enemies of God's word and the faith that God's word creates. And this leads us to Jesus' parable of the sower and the seed. Jesus is the sower, the preacher. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the message of the gospel. The proclamation of Jesus' forgiveness, the good news of what Christ has done for us. And the seed that Jesus sows gives us Jesus and eternal life and salvation in him. Faith in Christ is a miracle of God's word. This is the first lesson in the parable. You and I cannot create faith, just as we cannot create life. Both are God's work. The creation of faith and the miracle of life is a miracle of God's grace. This is what's so delightful about the parable of the sower and the seed. The disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And strangely, Jesus says to hide the mysteries from those who do not believe, but to open up the mysteries through contemplation and meditation upon God's word to open up the mysteries of God's grace. In the parable of the sower and the seed, God's love is seen in that the sower does the unthinkable. I mean, if he worked for me, this sower, I would fire him because he scatters seed on the pathway among rocks and in the weeds as well as in the good soil that has been tilled. From the human reason perspective, three-quarters of the seed is wasted. The first lesson of the parable is that Jesus, through his word, is the source of the miracle of faith in him. And don't get any idea in your heads that you can make yourself good soil, you know, free of the rocks and the weeds. There are farmers among us today, and unless you till the earth, the earth doesn't till itself. Unless you prepare the soil, the soil doesn't prepare itself. All things depend upon the divine word. Not only is the word the creator of faith, but the word of God is also that which prepares the heart to receive Christ. We cannot make ourselves good and noble ground. Only Jesus can do that. The word of God not only creates faith, but it tills the soil of the human heart, fertilizes the life of faith, as it were, and causes it to bring forth good fruit. This is why preaching and catechesis and Bible study and the congregation at prayer and meditation upon the word of God is so important. It is the power at work in the sacraments and in the life of every Christian because it gives us Jesus. 
When our Lord speaks the word of the gospel to us, it is a gentle word of grace. It is not a coercive word. You see this in the parable. The seed is simply scattered. He doesn't drive it into the soil. He doesn't force himself upon us. It is the word he speaks to us when you and I are troubled by our sins. When we feel the pangs of a guilty conscience. And when our hearts are laid open with the knowledge of our sins before God and faith asks the haunting question, how could I have done this? And then Jesus speaks his word of forgiveness. By speaking his word, he gives us himself. He declares us righteous. He justifies us. He binds up our wounds and gives us comfort and peace. So Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the seed to warn us about the enemies of faith in Jesus and how these enemies try to destroy faith and prevent us from hearing the word of God. And that's the second lesson for us in the parable. The first, faith is a miracle of God's word and a miracle alone. And the second, that we know those enemies. The devil is an enemy of faith in Christ. From the time of his fall from heaven, he has been out to attack God's word and destroy faith. Lies, deceit, false doctrine, false promises, and the accusations against God and the Christian are Satan's weapons. We need to know this. In a couple of weeks on the first Sunday of Lent, we shall again hear how Jesus in our stead and for us waged war against the evil one with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the antidote against the devil's attacks. And this is also the good news. The very word of God that Satan attacks is the very weapon by which Satan's attacks are destroyed. And faith in Christ is strengthened. Apathy toward God's word and the failure to believe how much we need to continue to receive the word is also an enemy of faith in Christ. It speaks against the notion, I believe in Jesus. What need do I have further to receive and to hear? This is described as the seed that fell among the rocks. Faith sprouts and grows by the word, but it has no root. It receives the gospel with joy, but it does not continue to hear and receive the word. Jesus teaches us that apathy towards God's word is the nature of our sinful flesh. He calls us to repent. And the good news is that the very word of God in the gospel that creates the joy of our salvation is also that word which the more we receive it, the more it gives us a hunger and thirst to hear and receive. Finally, the cares, riches, and pleasures of life threaten to choke faith in Christ. 
Jesus teaches us very gently that the seed of the word is not sown into our hearts to give us physical health, wealth, earthly prosperity, nor does he bring us to faith by the word to satisfy the appetites and desires of our hearts. In other words, the call to faith is not be a Christian and you will be prosperous in life. These are rather the thorns. The sole purpose of the seed of the word is to give us Christ and giving us Christ to restore life with God in Jesus, through Jesus, in Jesus. This is what the seed of the word is all about. From Jesus' word of the gospel, we become good and noble ground, producing mature, mature fruits of faith, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and so does every blessing in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us confess the faith with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all according to their needs. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving for his tender mercies, 
that the Lord of the harvest would implant in us his holy word, that in good and honest hearts we may keep Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church that the Lord of the harvest would send forth labors into his harvest, let us pray to the Lord. For all Christians, especially Bill Spilger, Stacy Anderson, McKenna DePew, Abby DePew, Janine Gable, celebrating baptismal birthdays, that we would be preserved in the true teaching of his saving word, whereby faith toward God is strengthened, charity increased in us toward all, and his kingdom extended in all the world. Let us pray to the Lord. For the health and prosperity of all in authority, especially Joseph, our president, Tony, our governor, and those who serve in our armed forces, that God would endue them with wisdom to govern according to the rule of law, to serve and maintain righteousness, to hinder and punish evildoers, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Let us pray to the Lord. For all the sick, especially those recovering from the coronavirus, Dwayne Perry in therapy, Larry Martin recovering from surgery, Jeremy LaFour suffering with ALS, Jim, Brian, Roger, Jill, and Allison in treatment for cancer. For all who are in trouble, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, including those who are suffering for the sake of Christ, that God would comfort them with his Holy Spirit receive and acknowledge their afflictions as a manifestation of his fatherly will. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who grieve the death of loved ones, especially June Breck and her family as they remember Wendy's passing several years ago, Don Schultz and Esther McGovern, who have died this past week, that the gospel of Christ's righteousness and the promise of salvation would comfort them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the Lord of the harvest would preserve us from false and pernicious teachings, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from failure of harvest and famine, from anguish of heart and despair of his mercy, and from an evil death that he would show himself at every time to be a very present help in trouble. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us continue with the offertory.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son, in him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive. Renew and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, 
in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.